podcast with Ashton Amir. Today we're talking to Natalie from Starmy Sunday about changing the way you see yourself and using fashion to convey feeling. Natalie from Starmy Sunday is joining me today on After Hours with Astrid Amir, which is being recorded via Zoom in case you're wondering why it sounds a little bit echoey. Are you doing, Natalie? All right? Hi, I'm good, Bella. How are you? I am good. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I'm sure that everyone listening will know who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. But just in case there's anyone that doesn't, can you give us a little bit of an intro on what you do and how you got there? <laughs> so bad intros. So thank you for making me do that. But I will do it. <laughs> um, I am Natalie and I run a blog called Star Me Sunday. I started it about uh, eight years ago. Here now it's mainly on Instagram. Um, I talk about lots of things. I talk about um, fashion, talk about parenthood talk about race. I basically talk about whatever is, you know, bothering me or happening in my life at that time. Um, and lots of empowering and inspiring stuff. Um, trying to get people to feel good about themselves, basically. Um, Mm. I think, you know, one of the things in society is that women do get a bit of a raw deal and have been, systematically um pushed down and just made to feel been made to feel like shit and you know it's a it's a massive industry that um feeds and capitalizes on us hating ourselves and it's just isn't it the worst like the fact that they is there's an industry based on creating a problem about yourself and they sell you a solution absolutely and you know as my eyes are opening as I'm evolving and growing. I'm just documenting that. And, you know, I don't have all the answers. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing most of the time, but I'm very... (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I just like share what my thoughts and what my feelings are at that time. That's perfect. I think that, you know, in what you say about the fact that you document rather than create, there's a huge difference. So as a consumer of blogs and social media, you can see the ones that are documenting and feel so much more authentic because that's actually mm. you, it's your opinion, versus the ones that are created and they're, they're a business. And you know what? These girls are cleaning up. All respect to them. It's not a, um, it's not a diss to that kind of a curated blog, but I connect more with the ones who are just like, you know what, this is what I'm doing today. And yeah. I think that's what we kind of, we are we were missing in normal media i mean i i take most of my pictures myself Do you? Um, they look fabulous yeah oh, I, <laughs> I have i have like evolved and got a lot better at taking my own pictures mm-hmm. um, but i um, i feel much more comfortable when i'm doing yeah. my pictures i can do stupid poses and i want people to see me through my lens rather than somebody else. I don't want somebody else telling me, oh no, just move here or just do this because that might not be how I want to come across. Yeah. So so yeah, I just, I I much prefer taking all of my own photos. And you know, what you were saying about that documenting versus creating, it's a really, it's a really fine line and it's quite tricky because I love what I do and I like to be very vocal. Um, But there's, 
there's a, such a fine line between like giving too much personal stuff mm. and upsetting people in your life. <laughs> and it's how deep you're going, really, doesn't it? Just to be like, my husband's a dick, or whatever it is you're going to like, talk about that day. Yeah, sometimes I have to really rein myself up. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and that's like just you get better at it over time but also i want to make money out of it as yeah. well so I mean, um, consuming thing you sh- you know you should be allowed to make a living from it mm. no i had a bash like i always talk about this like i had a bash at doing a bit of instagram blogging i would f- balance my phone on top of a bin mm. and literally be like here's me today i was terrible and i still can't believe how much time even no, I still can't be- believe how much time even that took. Yeah. And I was just like, no, I can't be bothered with this. So now it's just like walking the dog today, like back to like <laughs> my boring life, you know. I do that all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. It actually really is time consuming. Yeah. And now it's my full-time job. So mm. I've got to, you know, I've just got to balance that. I've got to balance the ads. And also when I do ads... I work really hard at trying to do the ones that I'm really into. And yeah, it's good stuff. So, I mean, you know, charge a bit more, find a brand that, that you feel a connection with, I guess. And also it's the people that work for the brand too, because you can look at a brand and be like, oh, aesthetically, this is perfect for me. But if you speak to them, they're like, oh, we want, you know, five posts and we want you to like go, climb up a mountain. And actually we're going to give you a pair of 30 pound trainers. You're like, no, babe. I don't want that. Trainers don't pay my bills. (laughs) It's hard. It is hard. But then I do like working with smaller brands as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's all a bit of a a, a muddle. And, you know, no one's done this before. So we're all sort of finding our way through. Um, You just got to go with your gut, really. That's what I found. Only there to guide us. So previous to being a, I mean, what do we, you're not just a blogger though, you're, because you do other stuff, you do events and you talk. You're right. See, that's what I forget. See, that's why I'm so shit introducing myself. (laughs) So, um, lots of good things is what you just need to know. (laughs) My name's Natalie, it's Army Sunday and I do loads of awesome shit. So I do events. I do events with one of my best friends. We do um, uh, an event called Feeling Myself, which is, we, we do dance and we do affirmations and we do just basically making people feel themselves again and feel good about themselves again. And it's amazing. It's wonderful. We also did an after hours one, which was more about the sexual side of feeling myself, mm-hmm. which was wonderful. And um, I also do a podcast, The Everything Project, um, which will be coming out um well i've got another series coming out which is a special hiv series with mac cosmetics oh wow um, fantastic um what else do i do i do like honestly blogging has gone into so many different strands it's unbelievable i do lots of pre-covid i used to do lots of like public talking and i love doing podcasts and i love doing lives and interviews and i also write for um rock and roll bride magazine Um, yeah just loads of stuff like so So, much so previous to this i know that you were a midwife in your yeah. past life before. I mean, actually, it was quite a long time ago now. You've been blogging for a while. Yeah, it was. It was quite a long time ago now. 
I actually really miss midwifery. Um, oh, it looks like yeah. one of the most rewarding. Like I am, I couldn't do, like I've got friends who are nurses and, and like, I like icky stuff. I'm like, nah, but then you get to see a little baby. Like what a reward. <laughs> you know what? There was never, I was never, ever, ever complacent about mm-hmm. being able to have the privilege of being at someone's birth. It was the most mm. wonderful experience you've ever, ever experienced in your life. And um, yes, it can be very bloody and messy. Yeah. But you, I'm quite good with all that kind of stuff. I can compartmentalise that. One of the things that somebody often says to me is like, oh, you get to like cuddle babies a lot and all of that. Yeah. You really don't. Because oh. you facilitate is a mother mothering. You know, you are there to help them give birth to their baby. So you don't take the baby off them and cuddle them because you, you're giving the baby to them, <laughs> handing the baby straight over, helping them to feed their baby, helping them to bond with their baby. It's just the most wonderful thing to be a part of. It's just, just so special. And you develop such a strong bond with women. Um, yeah, it's incredible. I don't have any babies, but if I do, I would love That's to have someone like you in the room, like, you know, calm and seeing the magic in it. But also when you're talking and I'm hearing how passionate you are about helping women and encouraging them on the journey, you're still doing that. You are still doing the exact same thing. That's exactly why I think I've stuck in this so long and mm. I'm still doing it because I'm still getting the same buzz from yeah. helping women and encouraging them, supporting them, empowering them. Yeah. It makes me feel so good about myself. So, so that's why I'm still doing this. And, and I, and you know, it goes up and down, um, you know, it has its advantages and disadvantages, but ultimately that same feeling is still there and, I, and I'm, I'm still doing it and I'm loving it. That magic, how awesome. So how did you get to the point from leaving to going full-time to make that jump? Uh, from leaving midwifery to going full-time was quite a lot of years. It certainly didn't happen overnight. Yeah. Um, I started my blog when I was pregnant with my second daughter mm-hmm. um, and loved it, but only sort of got gifted things for quite a number of years. I used to get the odd payment sometimes, but then I think, I don't know, how many years was I doing it? Probably about three or four years until like I started getting paid regularly. Mm. And I'm probably in my third year of making it a proper full-time job. Um, Amazing. (laughs) And um, getting agents on board really helped with that. Okay. I'm a terrible business person. Terrible. I hate talking about money. I don't know. I don't charge enough, basically. I know the exact same feeling. I'm always like, oh, well, just, we'll just swap something. Just give me like, you know, you make me a cup of tea and then I'll set you like, it's just like, I think that as women, we need to relearn that language of money because yeah. it's almost seen as being like, oh, you know, you're, you're being greedy or, mm-hmm. you know, it's just 
it, we're so used to giving so much of ourselves away for free, especially in motherhood, but also in friendships and relationships. We put people above ourselves. Mm. So actually going, do you know what? This is what I do and this is what I'm worth. It makes you feel like the word I get is like icky. And I get like a feeling in my chest of being like, oh God, I'm going to ask for some money. And what if they don't like me? And it's like, fuck if they don't like you. This is what you're worth. Like push you through. Exactly. Because we've been told constantly that, you know, we don't have much value. And, and also, like, we kind of fall into that kind of good girl oh, like, yeah. narrative. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't want to be disruptive. We don't want to be demanding. We're called, like, divas or bossy if we demand yeah. shit. Once you start to realise your worth, you mm. become a little bit more picky and a little bit, no, well, no, fuck you. I'm not doing that for free. Yes. I actually deserve to be, you know, compensated for my time and my energy and what mm. I have to give. Um, but it takes a lot of confidence and a lot of um, experience, I think, to mm. get to that stage. I certainly wasn't there a few years ago. I agree. It's a journey. So yeah. let's talk a bit about um, diversity within the industry and mm-hmm. how you've experienced that so far. Such a big topic, man. I just don't know where to start. I think diversity has been a massive issue within all industries. Um, I think as a light-skinned mixed-race person, I... I'm a lot more palatable, probably, than dark-skinned people. So I don't get such a, like, hard time. And I often think... I've definitely often felt like the token black person in a lot of campaigns, and they think that they've ticked the box. And I'm thinking, no, hold on, there needs to be a lot more diversity than just me. Like, that's not enough. Um, But... Yeah, it's really, it's a really difficult one. Um, And I've often felt like unable to speak up about things because as the only person of colour maybe on a shoot, you, if you speak out about things, you kind of think that they're going to look at you as a troublemaker and not going to hire you again. Yeah. And there's a lot. There's so much. into stereotypes of being disruptive and all this, you know, like, oh, oh, well, you know, oh, she's difficult or whatever. No, it's, I previously worked in brands and I've been in part of those conversations and I know it's been a problem for years. There needs to be more diversity. Like, this is not what your consumer looks like. Let's have a little slice of society. These are the people that are buying your clothes or buying your products. They don't see themselves. They're not going to, like, from, like, the most basic perspective, without it being, like, wrong that they're not doing it, be smart. Like if you want to sell shit to people, exactly. represent them. Oh, I love you, Bella. I love you. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think the only way we're going to be able to tackle it is if we're inclusive in terms of the companies themselves. So oh. not just not just the people that you're putting on your Instagram feed, but if we don't employ a range of different people then you're not going to have that mentality you know so I think that's the only way you're going to get some real change is if you really focus on making your company as inclusive as possible Um, it's actually been shown in studies that the more inclusive and diverse your business is the more um, business 
success you will have. There are also like there are those socio-economic issues that prevent people from minorities from even reaching those jobs that also need to be addressed. So it's kind of like exactly. feel like we're scratching exactly. at the surface of yeah well, you know we should be employing more of these people but how do we get those opportunities to people who don't have the same privilege you know like i know that it's not as easy if your parents aren't gonna be like oh you know go to sixth form go to uni we can afford that what if you can't yeah. or what if you're gonna be treated differently because you are a minority in a room it's just it's a messy subject but i'm really really glad that people are finally talking about it i think we have to take off the rose-tinted glasses and yeah. just look behind the curtain and stop pretending that it's not going on. Stop pretending that nothing's yeah. happening. You know, when I hear people say, oh, we don't really get racism in the UK like it is in America. Yes, we fucking do. Um, it's just a little bit more. shows your privilege, shows how privileged you are. And I realised how privileged I was. When you think you're like one of the good guys and you think you're an ally, you don't realise how deep it, this stuff ingrained in you and how much, and how every single day I don't have to consider things. Like, so my friend Jordan, she's like, do you know what? I've got to research countries to see our race before, before they go. And I was like, as a white woman, I don't yeah. have to research a country before I can go. And it seems like such a like minor, minor thing. It's like, oh, it's going to interrupt my holiday again. Mm. But I'm just like, shit, every single thing you do, mm. it affects and it ha you have to consider. And that is privilege not having to think about those things i'm actually gonna do a post um very soon about we need to start looking at ourselves we need to look at our own complicity and culpability in race issues and i'm including myself in that um it's really important that you don't think it's something that's over there that other people are doing. We have to look at what we're doing because we're maintaining and upholding a system that is based on racism. So, um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot that um, Black Lives Matter has brought up and and I still think people think it's somebody else's issue. And I still think people aren't looking in the mirror enough. But um, we have to. If we're going to have real change, then people have to start looking inwards, even if you think you're woke and really yeah. non-racist. I think that there's a whole lot of, um, you know, the new age, toxic positivity. Oh, don't engage with the negative. You're going to draw more to you. It's like, we can't deny no. bad things are happening exactly. and by denying them you are allowing them to happen under the carpet never does anyone any good totally totally agree so let's talk about um changing the way that you see yourself and what this means to you because i know that obviously with your journey of motherhood and empowering other women um how did motherhood affect the way that you saw yourself so um after i had my well my first child um i was really really shocked about the changes that happened in my body i was very very down and depressed and um i hated the stretch marks i hated the extra weight 
I I just wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared at all. And I'm a midwife and I... <laughs> you should have been prepared. <laughs> I know. Um, but you know what? When it doesn't happen to you, you just don't really see it. And also, there was there's definitely... When I had my first child, there was so much talk about bouncing back and... and Again, that bollocks. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was. It's awful. It's really awful. Hmm. And, you know, talk that there was a lot of talk about like it takes nine months to grow a baby. It should take nine months to come off and all that stuff. And it's just, it's just every single day you're getting messages that postpartum bodies are wrong and disgusting because you don't, you certainly didn't when I, my eldest is now 11. You certainly oh. didn't see postpartum bodies in the media. Social media then was very fitspo and like, you know, only saw slim, incredible, like white, thin bodies on Instagram. And that was, that was painful, really painful to be bombarded with on a, on a daily basis, when you've just had a baby, when your tits are squirting out milk, you can't get your normal pair of knickers on. It's just, it's, it's just horrible. And also on top of that, all your hormones are raging. You have lost a sense of identity because you're not working and you only are well, you can't converse with a baby, but the only person you've got to like keep your company is this baby that sucks on your tits. Everything, <laughs> yeah, and you've got to like so nourish a new life that needs yeah. everything from you. So it was, it was a really, really difficult time for me. Very difficult, and I remember being in tears a lot of the time. There was. A time when I just thought, I can't do this. I just can't carry on doing this. How can I be so hateful towards myself? You know, what if my daughter grew up and was me looking in the mirror, having had a baby? Would mm-hmm. I want her to be feeling like this? And I just was like, no, I can't. I can't do this anymore. I think only seeing it through her eyes was I able to then go well the only way I'm going to make a change is if I role model that to them because if they see me weigh myself every day if they hear me talking about my bingo wings or my wobbly thighs or whatever they're going to start talking about themselves like that and I don't want that for them I'm going to change this narrative and I started working on myself I started reading books, listening to podcasts, changing my feed, changing who I followed. Yeah. And, you know... Any specifically you'd shout out? um, I I think Beauty Myth is a really great book. There's loads. Some recent ones, Florence Given's book, We Don't Owe You Pretty, I think it's called. Yeah, which is Um, just, again, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And The Slum Flower as well. Her books are amazing. Um, you can you can change. You can change if you put in the work. It's like gritty and painful, and it's not going to come easily, but it does happen. And there's definitely definitely an element of faking it 
until it comes through. Um, But stopping myself, like talking about myself derogatory in front of anyone, like just, just stopping that chat actually did a lot for my confidence. And even though it was still going on in my head, slowly, 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 my, the thoughts in my head started to change as well because I wasn't saying them out loud. So that was, uh, that had a major impact on me. So stop casting yourself. The thing is, as Brits, it's ingrained in our humour to take the piss out of ourselves. I don't find like, it funny oh, yeah, the state of me, Like, oh yeah, what this? So I literally like rolled in shit and left the house today. Like, you know, it's, it's part of us. But within that, there is always that grain of like, actually, I don't really like myself that much. Absolutely. I find it really sad now. And especially if people, women, do it in front of their children, I find it really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I yeah, I, I mean, it's hard. Like, my friends know now not to talk about diets in front of me because I ain't listening, I, and I'm going to be rude about it. Um, <laughs> but, but it's so fucking boring i do not want to know about your diets and i do not want to know how much you weigh or how many pounds you've lost in the last week it doesn't bother me like please do not involve me in that conversation and i'm telling you it doesn't bother other people either so if you are fixated on things like that then please keep it to yourself because no one's interested you know what i do the exact same thing i'm really anti diet culture it's toxic it's horrendous it's the cause of a lot a lot of mental issues and problems but I also am like you know my friends who want to do it I'll give them the space and I'll go you know what you should be changing is how kind you are being to yourself yeah. and actually if you changed how you spoke to yourself you wouldn't care mm. and literally they're like oh Bella's doing one of her chats again and I'm like no I'm gonna keep doing this I don't care for how long you need me to say it but I'm always gonna say you're beautiful. You're amazing. If your little bulge over the top of your jeans are the things that you're fixating on, you're fixating on the wrong thing about yourself. Absolutely. Like, okay. And sometimes it works. <laughs> you know what? I think for some of my really close friends, it has definitely had a, had an, an effect on. I heard one of my friends say to somebody else the other day, "You know what? I'd rather be a little bit chunky." And have and have really amazing experiences than to be skinny and miss out on all of the stuff I was missing out on before. Yeah. And I was like, although technically what she said wasn't perfect, it yeah, actually, yeah. what she was saying was huge for her because she has been on such a massive journey and had like eating disorders and things. And it was so wonderful to hear that the shift in mentality. I wanted to cry right now, but I didn't want to embarrass her. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wicked. Yeah, you know, like, I, you can only hope to impart a little bit of positivity and a bit of change and be like, do you know what? This, there's a big wild world out there and no one gives a shit, really. Like, right. when you realise how little other people care about you and how worried they are about themselves, yeah. it's liberating. Like, for me, I mean, you know, I've kind of dealt with my body issues, but it's an ongoing process and project absolutely for me too yeah but you know and, and you're never perfect and sometimes i'm a bit like oh shit like i throw away my fat jeans at the beginning of lockdown should have kept mm. them <laughs> <laughs> same here <laughs> but, you know brilliant i get to buy a new pair of jeans what's not to be happy about yeah. but it's also aging so it's like you know weight is one issue and then age is the other so i'm 37 now 
I'm Are good. you? You've got a baby face. We've got a nice fuzzy screen here. <laughs> really <laughs> screen. But I've just started to get grey hairs and I'm a bit like, do I dye them? Because... And it's a conf- it's a conflict because it's like you know it kind of goes against what I what I stand for. I'm like oh my god, every grey hair like I'm all like every gay, gray hair is a, a badge of honour of every year you've been on the planet. At the same time, I'm like I don't want grey hair. Like it's like okay, Bella, Bella, wait till you start getting grey pubes because oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I actually have more grey hair down there than I do on my head, which is annoying. <laughs> But hey-ho. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I turned 40 this year. Oh, well, okay, well, you can pipe down because you literally look about 12 and you've got two kids. Like, oh. yeah, I mean, they fucking, they really do age you. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I turned 40 this year and um, I, there's, definitely, there's definitely a bit of trepidation because mm-hmm. you kind of think once you're 40, like, you, I don't know, you just... Milestone age, but it doesn't actually yeah. mean anything. It doesn't. And do you know what? I know that it's such a cliche to say, but I've, I'm feeling really good about it. I'm feeling a lot more confident. You just need to let things go. Mm. Um, and I'm caring less, a lot less. And that's really nice. Yeah, I bet. I mean, I also think that, I think back to my 20s and how tortured I was. Like, I think I was worse in my 20s than I was in my teens. Because well, in your teens, you just, you, like, everyone's like, oh, it's really difficult being a teenager. I'm like, nah, I had a great time. I was really hot. I had no bills to worry about. There was nothing to worry about. But it's like, you hit your 20s. <laughs> I still had a teenager brain. But then I had to, like, pay bills and be a grown-up. And I was like, no, no I'm not this. <laughs> Who would grow up? I mean, it's definitely a trap. Yeah, I would skip from the age of like 18 mm. to 35. Like you those did. years, yeah. Even yeah. my early 30s, I was all like tormented. I was like, I've turned 30s and I haven't ticked these boxes and oh my God. Well, that's, that's the other thing, isn't it? Because especially mm. with women, there's all this biological clock shit that oh, people yeah. put on you. And, uh, and that really annoys me. Um, I talk about it a lot with my friends. I'm, I actually have quite a lot of single friends who mm. haven't got kids. And, um, you know, they're constantly getting asked, like, when are you going to start having kids? I'm like, what the fuck is it of any of your business What when they're going to have kids? Like, and, you know, they expect women to have this real strong desire to have kids. And yeah. actually, a lot of us don't. And... Well, this yeah. is it. I've got to say, during lockdown, never been happier to not have children. But my friends were all like, oh my God, I've been up watching Peppa Pig since six o'clock this morning and it's going to be the same again tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, oh, I had a coffee. <laughs> I did some pottery. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, people make you scared to grow old, but actually the yeah. reality is it's a lot more freeing and it's a yeah. lot more wonderful than we're made to believe. Mm-hmm. I think, but then again, it's feeding back to the one of the first things we touched upon. They're selling us a problem and selling us a solution. If they did, if we were all embracing getting older, mm-hmm. where would the hair dye go? Where would the facelifts go? Where would the Botox go? And again, I will probably do all of those things. I'm not saying I'm immune from it, but I'm aware. 
You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like, exactly. And and I would never criticize anyone that did all of those things. No. And you know, I haven't done any of those things yet, but I still might. There's definitely been moments when I have low self-esteem and low confidence, and I'm like, oh no, I need to get some Botox. Mm. And then and then, you know, then you come back to reality and think, no, actually, I don't. I'm actually really, really perfect the way I am. Yeah. And there's no amount of Botox that is going to change what's going on up here. That's the thing you've got to change, not how you look. But it's, it's easier said than done. It's, yeah, it's easier it is. Done. And it goes back to what you said before, surrounding yourself with the things that make you feel good, curate yeah. your feed. So it's people that actually are ageing. And you know what you can see, they're beautiful. Maybe that could be there in you too. Maybe you've got a more diverse range of body shapes and skin colours and, you know religious views or political views like let's just like open it up a bit more to these bubbles we get stuck in yes yes you're so right i did a hashtag once diversify my feed mm. and um just just giving a shout out to lots of different people because i do think people do stick to a very narrow view and mm. they end up following people who look like them and i think yeah. it's so incredibly important to make sure you're following people, as you said, with lots of different outlooks on life. Hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, it makes you so, a much more rounded person. Yeah, and it also it can lead you in new... You, you learn new things. Yeah, like, it really does. You should never, ever stop learning. And I think that I can see the people that have chosen their path and they're just sticking to it. And they're like, I'm in my lane. This is great. I'm comfortable. Obviously, yeah. there is an anxiety and an insecurity about sticking with what you know. Yeah. And it's scary yeah. to be challenged. But you have to do it. And no one's going to force you. Once you leave education, once you leave a formalised situation where they're like, you have to look at these things and consider them, you're responsible for that. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. But keep pushing. Right, we are rounding up. Let's talk about... Because obviously you do all these really fun, awesome things on Instagram. Mm. One of them is the Friday finger. It is actually Friday today. We're recording. It is. Who are we giving the finger today? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Today I'm going to be talking about race issues. Um, I'm going to be talking about looking inward and, Mm. and acknowledging my own part I have to play in that. So that's what it's going to be about today. Whatever's like on my mind on that particular Friday, I'm not the kind of, I'm not organised, I'm not a scheduler. I never know what's going to come out of my mouth or on a post at like 10 minutes before I've done it. So, um, yeah, I was just doing a post before this, before we recorded this. So now I know what's coming, but normally I don't really know. Where did it come from, the idea of it, though? Like, you know, That's a good question. Um, I just, I think one of the things I've really liked sort of and been inspired by different people is um, doing something on a regular basis so that people know you for, ser- for something and come back to you for that. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to find something that felt like really that felt intrinsically me and was very personal to me. And it just kind of, it just, I don't know, just came out of me thinking about what could I do regularly. And also something that wasn't really annoying to do. (laughs) Because I know, I know friends 
who do things regularly and they're like, I wish I never fucking started that. <laughs> and they're so over it. And so but they have to keep doing it because they've done it now. <laughs> I have to think of something that like it wouldn't annoy me too much if I do it every week and and just yeah, it just it just kind of tied in really nicely with what yeah. I do and talk about. That's awesome. And I'm feeling myself 2020. I know we talked a little bit about I'm feeling myself earlier. This yeah. is a new project. We had our first event in January to this year, 2020. And I in before everything went to shit. <laughs> it was so amazing. There was about 150 people in the room. We did it at White City House. Yeah, it was one of the best days I've had this year, actually. Um, I did it with my best friend, Alana, who is the founder of Dancebox, and she's like a professional dancer. Um, Mm. And I met her doing her dance classes. So she then, like, discovered what I did, and she just really liked everything I did. We were like, "Let's, let's collaborate, let's do something. And honestly, the it's like when we get together, it's dynamite and it's explosive. It really is. And these events, yeah, COVID has really put a fucking spanner in the works. But um, we've done a couple of Zoom events. But yeah, it really needs to be done in person, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at the end of our last one, there was people in tears. There was people like so happy and energized and it was one of those like life-changing moments when you really know that you've hit on something very special so hopefully in the not too distant future we'll be doing some more and I'd love you to come Bella because I think you'd absolutely love it I'm there it sounds like my cup of tea women together making magic beautiful so three key things you have learned that have brought you to where you are today I think one of the key things that has definitely changed my life has been to stop talking about myself in a derogatory way. Mm-hmm. That's had a massive effect on me and it's changed my thinking and my thoughts as well. So that has been, I notice every single time I'm thinking horrible things about myself, I catch it. I know I'm so much more aware of it. And I think if you're aware of things, you know, it it makes a massive difference. Counselling, can I, can I put that one in there? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big advocate for that kind of, yeah. I think counselling has been huge for me. Mm-hmm. At the times when I felt my lowest, and there have been times when I literally thought I was never going to be able to laugh again, ever. Like, ever be able to laugh with my whole chest and, and actually feel happy again. There's been times when I didn't think that it would ever feel natural to to be happy. Um, Counselling has really helped me and really got me out of a hole and really pushed me and helped me face things that I wouldn't have been able to face on my own. But it's like we're taught we're the solution, but how can you be the solution when actually a lot of how you talk to yourself is the problem. Mm. You know, you've got to look outside yourself and reach out to someone else in that instance, I think. You really have. And sometimes you need somebody else's perspective. You need yeah. somebody to 
challenge you and, and make you see things that you just can't see yourself sometimes, especially when you're in a hole. When you're in a hole, it's fucking lonely down there and you need you need some support and some help. Yeah. I think I'm a very... I like to think of myself as very strong and capable, but the flip side of that is I feel very... It's very difficult for me to be vulnerable and um, and asking for help from my friends I find incredibly difficult. I did a sound bar with my friends the other day and I just bawled and bawled and bawled. Oh, yeah. It was really cathartic, but I'm I'm not really that kind of person. I'm quite like present this very strong image and that doesn't always serve you very well and sometimes it's really hard to just go actually I'm really fucking struggling right now Mm. please can we talk and yeah I find that incredibly difficult but I think it's really important yeah everything you say completely resonates with me if you're someone that everyone comes to to be strong at what point are you allowed to be vulnerable and be a bit exactly and it's kind of like and actually sometimes the response to it is like people just get freaked out I'm like, I'm, yeah. really, I'm really anxious. They're like, wait, what? You're anxious? I'm like, yeah, real bad. Yeah, people don't expect it. So when it yeah. does come out, they're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, no, to be fair, the response is often really good. I think you, you kind of you kind of think that people aren't going to respond very well to you being mm-hmm. vulnerable, but they, they generally do, which is nice. And then you know you're with the right people. So beautiful, beautiful key things. No more shit. Talk to yourself. Yes. Counseling. Get, get some professional help if you need it. And don't be scared to ask for help. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Thank now, you. I have loved talking to you today. I have loved it. That's been amazing. <laughs> like really, really good. You're so lovely and bubbly. And yeah, it's just um, it's <laughs> an old friend. I loved it. Yeah, it was perfect. Thank you so much for joining me. on the first episode of After Hours with Ash Demu, season three and um, thank you so much, have a lovely day you too, bye guys bye thank you for listening to After Hours by Ash Demu make sure you subscribe to our podcast and if you've enjoyed this episode please leave us a review see you back here next week for a brand new episode